0: This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is a shrine and its fans the lay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Hey everyone, welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host Jason Jisoo Kim, and today's episode I am here with another very special guest, someone who I've met in Toronto for the first time, but I've heard his name a million times over, a name that I'll never forget because his name in French is the best, and that's Beau Chevalier. What's up, Beau? How are you?
1: Oh, what's good? What's good? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, the, so, I, yeah. I don't, I don't speak a lot of French. So French is probably the worst language I got out of all of them. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm a just, yes, I'll let, I'll let you do all the French, and I'll just, uh, I'll stick to English. <laughs> it's all good. Wait, so are your, your parents French? No, my parents are from the UK, but like oh, what? <laughs> a super old name, like my, my parents' names are like those generic white, white family names. Like I got Mark and Tina. Those are my parents. I'm and then sure. they decided to give me like a French first name, even though they're from the UK and no one in our family has been from the UK since like the 16th century. So like every time I get asked my French, I'm like, no, I'm, and I, langu- languages was like literally my worst subject in school. So <laughs> it totally
0: screwed me over. <laughs> it's like people were like oh this guy's gonna nail it in French and then exactly they-
1: <laughs> all my French teachers hated me because they had such high expectations and then they realized that I was just like you know class clown <laughs> you
0: know what's funny it was like um, I went to like an English high school I went to a French elementary school to an English high school yeah. and I killed it in French in an English high school because like the, the level was kind of low and yeah. then I went to do you know what CEGEP is? no okay in Quebec it's CEGEP we don't have grade 13 or grade 12 okay. we don't have grade 12 we don't have grade 13 so we get two years of like pre-university studies. So oh, okay. you, you choose a major and you study for two, three years and there are required classes. So French is one of them. So I go into class and it's like other students from other English high schools. I speak French with like, I guess a typical Quebecois accent. So the teacher hears me and she's like, okay, this guy's good. He's going to get A's and all that. He's going to nail it. And then I get my first midterm back and she gives me the most disappointed look. She's like, <laughs> what is this? I'm like, what do you mean? I was confident because I was getting 90s yeah. in high school. And yeah. she looked at me, she was like, your grade's a seventy-five, and I'm like, it's not too bad. And she was like, yeah. I expected more. And she started circling all like the mistakes I made, and she was just like, "Oh, Yo, you're a dumbass!" Like, you know yeah. I mean?
1: that, that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta give them the low expectations from the start, and that way you just overperform.
0: Yeah, and she was like, she was like, your oral skills is amazing, but you can't write for shit. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I like not
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but well, I don't know. It depends. Did you have the motivation for it? or Not really. Eh,
0: I just, I just wanted. To, I, I didn't want to do it, so I was like, okay oh, yeah. get yeah, exactly. this class. That's yep. it. But, but anyway um so I didn't tell you pre recorded but obviously actually no, I did that this season I'm doing a, a season on Canadian football or Canadian soccer and sort of the rise yeah. of the men's national team and mm-hmm. uh and actually I, you could probably disclose this you're. You, you, you're you a photographer for of Soccer, right? Yeah, between me and Tagwa, We share the duties, so. Oh, awesome. Okay.
1: I wouldn't really be there if it wasn't for Tagwa. Like, he's the one that kind of, like, let me get in because he ended up shooting for, like, it, it was either CONCACAF or MLS for one game, and then mm-hmm. I ended up taking his place for that one. And then since then, we kind of, like, share the duties depending on, like, if he can get in with one of those other ones. So, yeah, usually I shoot, like, the games and he'll shoot training. But, yeah, like, since since the game where Davy scored that crazy goal, um against panama at you yeah. i've been shooting most of the the home games for for a yeah
0: oh that's awesome okay so like uh because i remember talking to the about this and he was saying mm. he was just saying like uh the players sort of gravitate towards the photographers because hey, you're making them look good and they want those pictures on their igs right so yeah are, do you remember uh, like a player that you were like um that you became homies with because of what you did or do
1: yeah well like I would say, like, the obvious the obvious ones that come to mind off the top of my head just through taking photos is, like, Sam Adekube now because, like, I yeah. never really knew him before Canada Soccer. Um, and, like, like I talk to him like, occasionally through DMs and stuff. Um, but, like, the the one that is, like, the, the most is, like, Daniil. Because, mm. like, um, I used to do uh, communications as an intern with the Whitecaps in 2019. Okay. Uh, or, sorry, 2018. And um, that's when Daniil was also playing for the Whitecaps. And I was just like writing match reports and doing that. And it was really boring. And that was yeah. before I really got to photo. But Daniel knew me because I would see him at training um, on, on the regular. And then he obviously left and went and played in Korea. Mm. And I saw him for the first time again at the games in November, I think. It was or October when we were playing in Edmonton. Canada's playing in Edmonton. And he came out of the, the locker room for yep. Canada training. And he recognized me. And he gave me like a big hug in front of everyone. It was the first time I'd seen him in like, I don't know, two years uh and, um since then like i shot like uh like his offseason stuff we shot some stuff to the magazine obviously yeah I... and then like literally every training camp i see him like i've been out with him a couple times so um just through that like really like i would say like daniel's like my biggest homie now on the national team and then like obviously just through the rest of the derby guys like there's obvious things like kamal is obviously really tight with like you and tagwa
0: yeah um but yeah like they're
1: all really good for for the most part like they they love to come find us and ask us for photos
0: no of course i mean like i mean my favorite shot i don't know if it was you or Tugba, but the one mm-hmm. was the, where they all wearing the ski mask and the shat like literally like yeah midair i i love that one that was so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that you or Tugwa?
1: well me and tag were like the only two photographers in the locker room so we i don't even know we were supposed to be in there like for her <laughs> but like uh we, we we found our way in there because i think it was guti like christian gutierrez from the white caps kind of like brought yeah. us in and then we we're in there shooting and it was just me and tag but like all these guys like everything's tarped up and yeah like there's just like a huge like gatorade tub of like just like bottles and beer in the middle <laughs> and like we were in there early so it's like just the neil junior uh ugbo and like they're like getting antsy waiting for everyone else to come in mm-hmm. and then the flat the rest of the players are coming in. and then yeah they just like Popping the balls, spraying it everywhere. Like they're literally intentionally trying to get our cameras wet. Like they were like just like spraying it right on the camera. <laughs> which is like it's fun. It was fun. But yeah. I did tell them, like, you know, invoices coming in the mail if, if it breaks. But, <laughs> so uh yeah, like between me and Tag, we got a bunch of photos in there. And we're dropping, we'll be dropping the disposable cameras, uh
0: photos we oh, got yeah.
1: the next next week or so. So waiting for Tag to drop that but that disposable oh, that's off, but good. the, the developing spot. Yeah.
0: So did you meet Afonso Davies? Like in person
1: um so like I, i'd seen him a couple times uh or i knew i knew i bumped into him a bunch when i was working um, for the white caps in right. 2018 but like at that time he was also like basically already becoming a star so yeah he was already a bit secluded from most of the people at the training center and like um i've seen him at training a couple times or obviously i've seen him at training but like have like you have the brief little interactions with guys here and there but i haven't had like really like a crazy combo or anything. The only the only main interaction with him I can think of is like when we were shooting in Edmonton, we had to go through the room. I think it's like the Elks is Anna or the CFL team that plays there or something. Okay, and we had to go through like the building to get to the training field. And I got like kind of like separated from the group. And there's like a bunch of fans waiting and security. And I was trying to get through, but the security wouldn't let me through because they thought I was a fan. And I was like, oh, uh. I'm a photographer of the team. And like the security guy was kind of being a bit of a dick And he like shoved me. But like <laughs> Fonzie and Tejan were walking by, and they like yelled across the room, like, "No, no, no! He's good. He's good. He's, with us. he's the photographer." Wow! Like, they good. saved you. But they saved me. So like, <laughs> for that reason, like I'm like, yeah, they're the homies now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yo, Tejan and Fonzie saying that he's good. It's like that's like top yeah, exactly. level shout. Exactly. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: they know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you no,
0: know, that's yeah. no, that's dope. But yeah. okay, real question. So I've asked all the, the guests so far. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever think Canada soccer was gonna make it this far or qualify a World Cup this soon?
1: No, not 20. I didn't well, it's hard because like I did initially when they played in the qualification style before the what was it called? The octo is what they were they qualified out of this time. Like yeah. You know, like, before COVID, where they played, like, French Guiana and all these weird teams?
0: Yeah, like, Serenade and like, stuff.
1: Exactly. And, like, there was a different qualification process. And in that one, we looked, like, actually, like, we could have, like, it was looking good. And then yeah. it switched, and it was like, oh, it's this new setup. And everyone was like, oh, it's going to be really hard. And at that point, I was like, no, I don't think we'll get it. Hmm. Um, and then, obviously, like, as the games kind of, like, kept going on, it was like, oh, like this is a real possibility. And, like... The first time I to was like, oh, we are actually going to like potentially go to the World Cup was that Panama game where Fonzie just like mm. went down the side, like took that ball, like sprinted at yeah. 30 yards, went and scored that goal. And like we also went one nil down in that game. And we, we won that game and it was like, OK, like there's a good chance we go to the World Cup. And then when I knew it was like it wasn't even Mexico. Uh, when we beat Mexico, was when we beat the United States, Sam Cuébre scored in like the 92nd mm. minute. Yeah, and like I was like, oh my god, we are going to the World Cup. Like, yeah, Toronto, we're not officially qualified, but we are going. We're we we will be there waving that Canadian flag in Qatar.
0: No, that's that that was crazy thing because I, I think you're right because I think when when Canada beat Mexico at the Ice yeah. Teca, I thought, okay, we we have to see how we play against. I think the US was after right yeah but yeah yeah i okay i second was in november and then yeah,
1: yeah i it was in november and then the game in hamilton against the us january, in january. yeah
0: like yeah january. okay i felt the same way because i was like all right we beat mexico we have a good chance and then when we beat the united states at hamilton i was like just like you, know, i was like yo we're going like this is yeah. happening we, we beat all the top dogs already
1: literally yeah and like, uh, the, the thing that was like for me the reason it didn't feel like after the mexico game like that was amazing that, that was crazy yeah but like i was also like it's written in the stars for all these Americans who are are not are not performing right now. Mm. That we beat them before at BMO. It's written in the stars for them to just be like, yeah, we're gonna beat Canada and and their hopes of qualifying for the World Cup. <laughs> like I know we did lose to the U.S. in that game. Like we still would have had potential qualify, but I had this bad feeling where I was like, you know, they like they they're a good team, but they kind of. I Feel like we're owed like kind of a humbling at some point, and I think that happened when we played Panama, um, in the last game of the qualifying yeah. a little bit, and also like when we lost to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. But I, at that point, we'd be in Mexico, like I was like, we're doing a little bit of a humbling, but it didn't happen there,
0: they pulled, yeah. Through. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you rate Canada's chances? I mean, now we know what at the, the world groups world. are, yeah. Oh,
1: oh, we're, we're qualifying out of that group, no problem. Oh, you like, think so?
0: Okay, you're yeah, the first that's one fair. that's like. You're the first one that's like outright optimistic. Like, yeah, we're i are getting out of this. I don't I don't doubt our squad.
1: Not like I can I have no reason mm-hmm. to really like and the thing is, I think it's a bit different because i am probably really biased. Because like I'm around the team like in a first hand setting and like yeah. just the energy you get around the group, it's like a very like it's not like blind positivity, but it's just yeah. like a level of confidence that I haven't really experienced, like covering the white caps. I'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, like I feel like I feel like Tag was experienced it because he got to cover TFC, like, winning MLS Cup.
0: Yeah, winning yeah,
1: yeah. Probably several Canadian championships. You have what? witnessed Montreal going on runs in the Canadian championship. You know, like, yeah. for me, the Whitecaps fan or photographer over the years, like, I've only seen us win one Canadian championship and, you know, had one proper run at the playoffs in, like, 2017. So, yeah. you know that certain feeling you get around teams where you're like, they just can't stop winning? You, you yeah. will have had it watching Liverpool. Like, I mean now. that's the feeling. <laughs> exactly. But, like, that's the feeling I get when I'm watching and shooting canada games it's like even when we were losing in costa rica the whole time i was like we're gonna score we're gonna score yeah because we hit the post a couple times like i'd I'd never at one point even in like the last minute when a stacker has that free kick i was like we're not losing and i don't really feel like that often watching like football teams
0: yeah like no, you're totally right. Because I remember that Costa Rica game, we went down 1-0. One, one, I mean, the yep. goal they scored was really nice. And I was yep. like, mm, you know, I at least we, we got scored on by a nice goal. Yeah. But I remember just the way they kept attacking and pushing. I was like, and we were even, even one man down. Man, too. One yeah. man down. Uh, Mark Anthony K. Yeah, Mark Anthony K. got the unfortunate red card in like 20 mm-hmm. minutes or something. And uh, I remember it, it felt like they were a man down. And I was like, how are they letting us? Just- yeah. It was like, oh, oh, there was, I think the last time minutes just kind of felt like, you know, like a power play in, hockey, in a hockey game. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, Ismail Kone came on and he was just dribbling and crossing wow. it on out. Yeah, and I was like, dude, we're going to score. We, yeah. we didn't, but I was like, so I, I get what you mean. Yeah. But Okay, so we're playing Belgium, Croatia, and uh, Morocco. So yeah. how do you think it's going to pan out with those three games? Okay, so like, I, I'll be
1: honest, I have a like good understanding of the Belgian team. Yes. I have a good understanding of the Croatian team, but like Morocco, like I know a few of their players, I won't say I watch them on the regular right. or anything. Yeah. But what I'll say is like similar to, even though I don't rate him at all as a coach, Roberto Martinez's quote where it's like Canada is like the best, like overall mm-hmm. like team in terms of like energy and like, um like just mentality and stuff. Like I rate, I, I agree hundred percent because I would say like there's players on like Belgium that are like world-class caliber, like, insane but when they come together as a collective they always seem to like bottle it in the big tournaments like they'll get to like the semis and mm. the corners and everyone's like they're the dark horse. with belgium i feel like they, they have this thing where they kind of bottle it in like the final stages of like international mm. tournaments and i know that we're playing them in the group stage but i feel like canada like based on the way they perform as a group they perform better than what their average player is that
0: oh i see no 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 right? yeah yeah yeah
1: like our our average player like, I don't know who you would you say as the average player in Canada, squad, like someone like maybe an Azorio, you know, sure. but when Canada plays like as a group, as a collective, they play like so much higher above that level. Like they play like they could, like they're all Champions League caliber mm. players, you know, they don't play like a group of MLS players, which is probably like close to the average level in the, in the group. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you have a few like top players, but what is, you have a team like Belgium that almost all their players probably play in the Champions League, play in like yeah. top three clubs in the top three leagues. As a group, they seem to like kind of underperform their player average, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I see what you mean So,
1: And also like, I just don't rate their coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, Roberto Martinez doesn't strike me as like a manager that he's going to get the maximum amount of his players. They also have like a bunch of other players underperforming like Cocker right now. Like he's can hardly get into the Belgium squad. Like, yeah, so. I don't know. I feel like we can pull sign off against Belgium because we might get like they might underrate us a bit. They might underestimate like our capabilities. Croatia, I've said it a million times. This team is washed. I know they have some world class <laughs> players like Modric, but I've been an England fan for the longest time. At this tournament, I am Canada till I die. Like I hope <laughs> like it doesn't matter. So I already have some hatred for Croatia for the way we England's lost to them in previous tournaments. Mm. So i just I just know in my heart that Karma's going to come back and it's going to go the way of Tan in that game. And then Morocco, I'm trying to think.
0: I mean, I I don't I think know what's
1: fell who used yes. to play for Southampton, I think he's Moroccan. And, you know, he was terrible at South well, he wasn't terrible. He scored a couple of nice goals, but inconsistent players So just based off of him alone, I'm going to say we're going to beat Morocco. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> also- probably an absolutely terrible take. But I don't care because I know that the Canadian men's national team is, is built for stardom. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> no, I like that. Because, like, the one thing, I my, my, my prediction was we're going to lose to Belgium, uh, yeah. tie against Croatia, and then meet, beat Morocco. And then a lot of people say that's probably the more logical thing. But it's a World Cup. You never know, right? Yeah. You never know who's going to win or lose. I... I see the problem with Belgium. Like you said, they're all kind of like, all the best players are struggling. Lukaku started today, I think, versus yeah, he Arsenal. Did. But
1: he got and, subbed out in like, I think what, the 60th minute maybe or something. Yeah, like,
0: because they like, brought in Havertz. Yeah, the guy's a wash. He, like, yeah. He's done. And then, um know, Hazard's just perpetually injured all the time. Yep. And
1: and then a bunch of their guys are kind of aging like
0: Axel Witzel this
1: guy is like having thoughts about going to like St. Louis and MLS like Oh my on. god.
0: Yeah, and yeah. then uh, Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, no, Kevin De Bruyne is still amazing. So it's kind yeah. of I can not I can't, I can't say. And anything. I
1: might be wrong in saying this, but this will probably be their first international tournament without Company. Oh, Am I wrong in saying that? I don't think. No, 2020 the Euros maybe they played without him.
0: No, 2020 they played without him, but 2018 yeah. he was I think he was was he there in 2018? I'm pretty sure he was there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's been there forever. And then yeah, yeah then like even their defense, they're all old. And like, like guys like Vertong and they are all in their declining stages. They're done. And then who's their fullbacks?
1: Um, let's think. I think Castanier, Lester. And, yeah, and then Mid
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, he, yeah, I raised Hammond Kube over both of those guys. So
0: 100 percent Like, I do you know what's funny. I was uh I was over here in conversation. My friends were having and they're like we we're playing soccer, and he was saying like Keep your eye out on Sam Adekubi. I was like, okay. I've been saying this since the beginning of qualifiers that this guy has impressed the shit out of me. I was like, uh, this guy is amazing. Like he's, I don't, I, like, I don't want to throw around the word amazing, but he's really good. I was like, I-, I rate, I rate him highly.
1: Out here in Vancouver, we've been saying that for time. This guy was like, balling out for Vancouver, got an injury, and then struggled to like kind of get back in the team because of that and because of players that were already playing at the Whitecaps. Yeah, I think he left on a free, or might have been a transfer fee. It would have been a low chance for to go play. I think it was in Norway at the time. And then at some point, he was at Brighton when they were uh-huh. in the championship and then left them just before they went up to the Premier League. And then he obviously has gone to Turkey. And this whole time, everyone at, has, at the White Caps has been like, You're telling me we couldn't have used Sam Atacube? Like, you couldn't <laughs> have played in this White Caps team? Like, the left back spot at the White Caps hasn't been like a lock cold ever since he left, really. Mm. Like, so especially out here on the west coast we all been saying Sam had a name for time now
0: you know what like my use the left back he would be great honestly um but okay for with him where do you what where do you think he could play like in europe like let's say i forget what the name of the team he plays for in turkey but if he were to move up i think
1: it's like had to it begins with an h i can't remember either hey. they're not the best team in turkey they're like i think one of the lower teams but he always seems to have like seven or eight out of ten games on football. So that's all I know. But huh. I would say that I feel like his game is like kind of perfect for Bundesliga or hmm. or Premier League. Like I feel like a middling to upper level team and, and like a Bayern Leverkusen. I could see him at like I like I think that something like that. Even like honestly, like I could see him at Ed Dortmund. Like doing doing work. <laughs> um, that's good. Like. I th- I think about, like, the classic, like, fullbacks they had at at, um, Dorman in the past, like Piszczek and Schmelzer, and I feel like he could yeah. do just as good as a job as those guys. Um, if you look in the Premier League, he could definitely do a, a job because I look at some of, like, the top-performing fullbacks in the Prem, and I would say, like, they're a similar build in fullback as he has. Like, look at a guy like Reese James. like He he kind of gives me similar vibes to Adekuba and, I like, how, like, Obviously, you have these things that people say about certain players, like pace and power. But Sam Adekube is genuinely one of like the most like powerful guys. When he's dribbling with the ball, like will yeah. just bounce off this guy. Like this guy will dribble from his own half and do like maybe one give and go with a player and like bomb down the like the wing and cross it in. So he reminds me of Reese James because he has that crazy like uh, like attacking prowess where you know typically you're not expecting your defenders to score, but Sam Adekube still finds ways to get himself like assists are on the score sheet so yeah. i could see him playing at like i would love him at southampton that's my club in in in, in the oh really okay I'd love him at southampton um uh, but uh i could see him playing a high level at southampton for sure so i could see him like i don't know maybe a top six to eight team in the premier league or well, i could see him, like a good level in 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 dormant like i don't think he would be out of place in like a top top eight no premier league.
0: I-, I could see him in a club like West Ham, Leicester. I was just City.
1: gonna say when Cresswell is good done there,
0: like he, yeah. he could fit
1: in there on the left side perfectly.
0: That's it. Like I, I raid West Ham. What like if it weren't for Liverpool, I'm biased towards West Ham because they're yeah. a cl- like there's something about them that I just I gravitate towards. I, mm-hmm. I I mean they're the first Premier League club I ever got to watch live in London. So I, I think that's mainly the reason. And also like when you play manager mode on a FIFA, they're the most fun team to choose because they're not the best nor they're the worst. It's like a middle, it's, like... You know why? It.
1: It's because it's they got a good transfer budget and they, yeah. got, they got potential <laughs> where you can improve the squad and take them places, you know? That's it, yes. If you, do, if you do it like a career mode with like an Arsenal or a Tottenham or a Chelsea, they're already built for It's easy. Exactly, it's too easy. You go to West Ham, you sign JD, you sign Laird, you sign <laughs> yeah. America, you, you win the Champions League,
0: job done. <laughs> That's it, like, or you want to challenge yourself which I've been doing, which was uh, I took Sunderland and try to bring them back to the prem. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a real challenge. that's a challenge yeah, right now. but um, but that's a, but I like that. like I, I, I rate him, and I think after this Qatar World Cup, okay, actually, let me ask you this. kind mm-hmm. of all the players in the squad, yeah, usually the World Cup is like a really good audition tape for big clubs, right? Because after yep. the World Cup, all these players just go to all the big clubs. Yeah, who in Canada? Uh, is gonna get a big club move after this like, week.
1: When you say in Canada, you mean Canadian player, or you mean players that are playing in Canada right now? Oh,
0: sorry, Canadian players. Okay, oh, uh, on
1: the national team specifically. Well, I think Sam Matukube is an obvious one. I think so. Um, because like the team, like I could even see him like joining a Basik test. Like mm-hmm. I remember times yeah. where like Atiba was like he seems like he's kind of close to the scouting team at, at Basik test, and I know there was times where in the past he was recommending Richie to sign there. He would, mm. Like, he even reco- when Bald- Baldissimo was balling for the Caps, I remember rumors that, like, Basique tests were looking at him because Atiba Hutchinson, like, suggested they should
0: Wow, so, okay. I could
1: see, like, Sam going to a Basique test, but I feel like he might even just, like, leave Turkey and go to a bigger level. Um Certain players, I feel like it'd be tough for them to leave MLS at this point. Like, Marc-Anthony Kay and Oso are both, like, players that should have made the jump to Europe already, and now getting to where they are, it might be tougher for them to do so I see I feel like the obvious ones are like some of the younger guys like yeah Kamal and um Alistair at Montreal I think so it's just because like I don't think either of them have planned on going to Montreal is like in no offense to you guys like as a kind of like thing where it's like oh I'm gonna stay here it was like yeah like a stepping stone because obviously you guys have those links to Europe already you know with yeah. three ownership so I think for them it's probably easier because there's already that like link between those two clubs um I'm trying to think Obviously a guy who is kind of this might be recency bias, but Dane Sinclair is like doing crazy things right now at, where he's putting up like these insane save percent percentile numbers and it's like if he keeps it up, he'll be like one of the best players to ever play an MLS at the goalkeeper position. So a guy like that I could see making the move. Um yeah, I would say between Dane Sinclair, Kamal and and Alistair that for guys that are in MLS right now and then Sam who's overseas already.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Cause um I would I I really I think this is Montreal strategy. I've been seeing it from the get, where I think Joey Saputo is seeing a value in producing and scouting top young MLS players and sending them to Europe for a good price, yeah, and exactly. then making money. which is honestly, it's a smart move. With I bet you they were planning on doing the same thing with Mason Toy, but he 100 Yeah. I, I well, Mihailovic, I don't think we're. I don't think he's gonna stay for another season. I think he's. Yeah, no, I think he'll be in the summer. I think he might even go. I think so, or like he'll see the season out and then he'll leave. Yeah. Who knows? I think uh,
1: I think it depends how close you guys are for contention for playoff spots in the summer.
0: Yeah, 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 I think I, you I think are, so.
1: like If you guys are like if you guys are kind of out of contention already, like the white caps seem to be at this point. I'm not saying they won't, but mm-hmm. the white caps are not looking in a good position. If you guys are struggling and not really close, they might just let him go.
0: I think so. I, I think that's uh, honestly, I think that's the plan because and I think that's that's part of their scouting strategy where uh they'll go to these like young prospects be like, listen, come play Montreal for two, three seasons, develop. Yeah. We have all the contacts in Europe. If you want to go to Italy, we got you. You want to go to England, we got you. You want to go to France, don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that's a plan I see. And also John Herman, John Herman was pretty much saying like, we need more Canadian players going to Europe. And I think he's been pushing that agenda with all the clubs. Yeah. Which is good. I'm, I'm, I am i i do not want to see those players leave because like, those are literally much those three best players, but I'm like, Hey yeah. man, you know, it's, it's business. Right but yeah it's it's exciting it's exciting times like i never thought it would happen this soon no i didn't either i, like, I agree with you like so like before this time around you're always supporting england and the world cups and stuff yeah because
1: like that was the only like nation that my family had roots to that like regularly played at a world cup so i was yeah, like of course yeah you know i'm I'm tired of supporting England kind of like I'm like I'm English like because through my parents but like also I'm like I'm Canadian like that's Mm. where I was there so like obviously like all the time when I was watching international tournaments if I wanted to watch like my country play at top level I just watch the women play which is great like they're phenomenal and stuff but at the same time I was always like oh hopefully one day I'll be able to watch like the men play at that level too and it's like now we're at that point where you know like if England play can at the World Cup I'd want to No, I want them to get I want I want dan to shut them out I want I want kamal to win every 50 50 against Harry Kane yeah I want I want JD to square hat trick against t-rex hands Jordan Pickford you know <laughs> that, that's what I want to see that that's what I'm here
0: for oh you hear that talk about t-rex hand Jordan Pickford <laughs> um but, no that's the thing it's like the one thing I love and hate about the English, uh about the English like football scene and the way you talk about national team is I love how self-deprecating they are because it's hilarious. Yep. Cause they're honest. You know? They're like, Yeah, we're shit, you know? Yeah. But then when they get a little bit of hope, you're like, oh no, stop. You're you're yeah. too cocky now. You're they too <laughs> go
1: overboard, bro. I know exactly what you mean because I've been there and I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why supporting Canada is so amazing, because for the most part. Like, there is casuals, but a lot of people, like, are super knowledgeable about the team and, like, mm-hmm. have a pretty good understanding of the way things lie in terms of the football landscape in North America. Whereas, like, England, their fans are toxic. Like, yeah. you know, across the border, the U.S. fans, their fans are toxic. Like, they're sitting <laughs> on the players and they have, like, one or two bad games for the men's national team. And, like, don't get it twisted. Like, I love shitting on the American players when they're not playing well as well. Yeah. But, like, the way, like the whole of, like, U.S. men's national team Twitter just collapses upon itself if they lose a game or they draw a team they're not supposed to. That doesn't really happen. Like, even when you can, like, I know we'd already qualified, but even when we lost to Costa Rica or lost to Panama, like, no one was really, like, oh, this is the end. Like, sack the coach, do this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, even when Mark Anthony Kidd got his red card, no no one was really saying, like, oh, this guy shouldn't get a spot at the World Cup. He just cost us a chance to qualify. Like, no one was saying that. Everyone was saying, like, I know he had the incident with, like, getting racially abused a bit but for the most part like a lot of the um like
0: wasn't real fans uh, were like it's okay
1: yeah a lot of the, a lot of the commentary around his his red card was like it's okay like he's been there he's he's helped us get to this point he's going to earn his way back into the team you yeah. know if that happened with the us men's national team or england like it's just going to be a tirade of like abuse and stuff online like mm-hmm. they're going to collapse upon the whole team let alone just one player
0: i think what helps canada too is because we have no expectations you know, yeah, that's true. Because like none just of happy us like to be like, here. We're, sorry, just happy to be here. That's it. Like all of us were just like we didn't think we we're gonna make it this far. So let's keep it going. You know, let's keep let's keep scoring goals. Let's keep having fun. Like even if we get yeah. for me, I I mean this is the worst case scenario where Canada doesn't win a match. I mean I, no, I don't no, think,
1: but that's that. not the worst case
0: scenario. The worst case scenario is they don't score a goal. Yes, it's a repeat of eighty six, and if I that, just, that won't happen. That won't happen. Trust I, I I think. I think uh, oh yeah it was a conversation with Eli I had in the last episode. He brought up a good point where he was like going forward there's too much talent for Canada not to score, which is literally true. yeah. But he was like I'm more concerned let's say defensively where maybe we can't keep up with the top European countries. And I'm like mm. I was like I can see why you say that, but I I'm optimistic. I have a lot of faith in the squad. I've been impressed with the combination of uh Johnston, Miller, uh Victoria and yeah, it's been pretty much those, those are the back threes essentially. Yeah. Or who am I missing? I'm pretty swaps, well, Kennedy swaps in, Daniel, swaps Kennedy, in. Daniels, yeah, so. exactly. So I was like, with all of them, I'm like, I'm okay with the squad. Like I'm I'm happy. Uh Dude, if it's all all that like talk
1: about like because I know people say like the men's national team is like front loaded with talent, and it's like everyone's waiting for us. You got some better center backs or better defenders or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, I hate people saying that because People are like, oh, like I don't know how they'll perform against like top tier players. We haven't seen them have a chance to do that. Like the best yes. players they've played against were Jimenez, who is coming off a con- like crazy concussion and timeout with Wolves. Yeah, and yes, he got pocketed at the ice teka, but it was also like freezing cold, like negative yeah. fifteen. You know, um, Christian Pulisic, who, Pulisic, who again got pocketed by Sam Adekube. He was he didn't draw.
0: exist that game.
1: I didn't see exactly. him. He took one free kick and like. That's it. Didn't do anything with it, you know? So, I mean, so far, given the two guys they played, I mean, I wouldn't say that Jimenez is world-class, but, like, they're mm-hmm. European-caliber players. Yeah. You can't really say, like, that our defense isn't good enough to play uh, world-caliber players until you watch them do it. And that yeah. probably will be, like, the fall when we play a friendly against a top team, hopefully, you know? Mm. So I think people got to kind of hold off on that for a bit because the only other time that our defenders will get tested in that situation is maybe when they play club football, they get the moves.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So if Kamal goes to like a big team and he gets to play in the Europa League against some good strikers. Then maybe same thing happens to Alistair. But yeah, I, I get what they mean. Like you need to have like some more high potential guys you see coming through the ranks at, in def- defensive departments. But I also think that you also have to give them an opportunity to play against the world caliber players before you can say they're good enough.
0: I agree. Like, oh, so who do you think would be good for Canada to play against in a friendly? Um, Like in all world football or just like... Just like, yeah, they're, I'll... Okay, uh, let's, ha- let's say this friendly is happening in BC Place. Who do you think okay. they should play against? Like, what top-level I would country? like to
1: see us play, like, a team... Even though they're not going into the World Cup, I'd like to see us play a team, like, maybe, like, a Colombia. Mm. I feel like that would be a decent, like, match a good game. The only issue is, like, how willing would they be to play, like, a good team because they're not really getting prepared for any crazy tournament. So you have to maybe look at the teams that are qualified. You look at, like, a Brazil or, like, Argentina. Those two teams, like, could be interesting mm. um, I mean, the likelihood of them playing on turf at BC Place is probably pretty low, but <laughs> I look at a team like, or I look in Europe, I'd say like... Italy? Italy, but also they're not going to the World Cup, so <laughs> they don't have a lot to play for. I think a team like Portugal could be interesting. I think huh. when I am talking with my friend Alex, we were talking about Senegal would be really interesting. Oh, I mean, that'd be good. That'd be really that, good. That would be, that would be pretty crazy. Um, I think like, I'm trying to think. I'd like to see us play like a team that is like really plays a really deep block and like, like a Scotland that like, it'd be hard uh, to break down, but like it could be, we could only win one niller side because you're going to come up against a kind of team in the world cup that like, no matter who you are, they're just going to play like a very like solid team and like,
0: Oh, that's a good cut idea. You,
1: cut you up and stuff. Like they're not going to really be playing expansive football. Cause you know, like you get out of the group stage, you like a team like Croatia can do that. They could play really blocked up, you know? Mm.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know, it's a tough one. But I would like to see that was a good point you made about Scotland, because if you think about it, their best players is Andy Robertson and, yeah. and Tierney, you know. Exactly. So it's like two defensive players and they would play like a deep block. Yeah. And also telling my canada Scotland just feels like a right game. It just feels yeah. like that's a game that should happen. Like they gotta play. Yeah, I, they gotta do it in Nova Scotia. Yeah, they gotta exactly, do it in Nova exactly. Scotia. That would
1: be pretty crazy. Even like I think a team like Sweden or like mm. a Norway could be interesting.
0: Um, oh, mine Udegaard and Holland. Yo, that, yeah, that'd be fun. I would like to see
1: Holland versus Kamal. That would be interesting. Dude, oh my
0: god, I would love that.
1: <laughs> I, you might have to put Daniel and and uh, Kamala oh, on on Holland. I would love to see that because Holland's such. Yeah, just imagine like midfield. Like, yeah, no, go ahead.
0: No, sorry, like just. Yeah, no, because like Holland's such a beast. And I just yeah. want to see him live against any team. I just want to watch that. I just want
1: to that. see him in an international
0: tournament. Dude, I want to see Norway. It's I, yeah. I wanna I think the first realistic step is them qualifying for the Euros. I want yeah. that has to happen.
1: Well, yeah. I mean the World Cup once they expand to 48 teams probably won't be too much of an issue for them, but true. Yeah.
0: And how do you feel about that? Like that they expand. I
1: don't I I'm I, I had this conversation with Togwa, was it yesterday or the day before? I'm so happy Canada qualified for a World Cup before they expanded yes. it. Because now we can say like, yeah, we did that. Like we can't we don't have to be like, Oh yeah, we were kind of already gonna qualify anyway.
0: Yeah, no. Like they rightfully no. qualify, they fought exactly.
1: for Exactly. They did it the way it was like supposed to be done. Like, I don't know. I feel like World Cup should be the top teams in the world. I think once you expand to forty eight, you're like kind of lowering yeah. the overall quality a little bit. Obviously it's for money and stuff, but yeah. I don't know.
0: But then like if I were to play devil's advocate, right? Yeah. Uh do you know when the Euros expanded from was it i know they they expanded in 2014 i forget how many teams i'm blanking out and because of that we got to see iceland and wales play and they were and they were like incredible like no one knew what to do with them like iceland was the probably the biggest story but my favorite team but my favorite team of the euros was wales because i love gareth bale and the welsh fans were incredible and even the the welsh fans were kind of like how the canadian fans are like we're not supposed to be here so we're just gonna have fun you know, now that you say that, I might be kind of down. I
1: think if they gave the the extra spots to more like Like smaller countries, like smaller countries, slash like countries that aren't as represented at the World Cup, like you Indeed. gave like, yeah, like you gave a couple more to Asia, you gave a couple more to Africa, you gave a couple mm-hmm. more to like, or you even like threw in a couple wild card ones to like the really small countries in South yeah. America. Imagine like you see Boe's plays at the World Cup or something, you know, <laughs> like something like that with Turks and Caicos, you know, like <laughs> I feel like that would be kind of, yeah. You know uh, what? I'm gonna change my stance. Uh, I'd be happy to. I just I'm just happy Canada got it before the, the expansion.
0: Yeah, man. I, I'm, that's that's what I'm happy about. Cause like even here, like you know, you know, I live in Quebec, right? So people have like they, they talk about Canada differently, obviously, right? Yeah,
1: they won their own national team for Quebec.
0: <laughs> it's not gonna be a good team, dude. It's not gonna be a good team. Uh, I mean, the only good team the only good players on that Quebec national team, Samuel Piet, the Swanyao brothers. Quote Coppo, I- no? Yeah, Maxime Crepeau. Sport, yeah. He, he'd probably be the best player at yeah, Isma Kone yeah. if, uh, because he's from Montreal, so that, that would yeah. count. But you know what? Like, uh, no, like that. I don't want, yeah, I don't have want a good five aside team. Good five-a-side like a team. solid five aside yeah. team. Honestly, yeah, no, it, that's a pretty good team. Which, which
1: province in Canada would have the best five aside team? Probably Ontario, but you
0: know. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like you have three Brampton teams already. So yeah, it's like really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just do Brampton. That's All it. Our <laughs> team from Ontario. You just need a Brampton team, team and that's it. You've already won. It's like, oh, yeah. think about it. You got like what? Hey, John Buchanan. Kamal yeah. Miller, I think. Uh, is he? Yeah, the, I think uh, Jamal... Junior, the, I think is. Junior. It's already, it's enough. Like that's already yeah. solid. You got too many. Yeah, that's it. It's, um, <laughs> but, but that being said, I think now um, Quebec's more interested because Quebec's always been like, well, it's more Canada if they're producing results and they're producing yeah. results and like, uh, The last game when Vancouver came to Saputo Stadium, they got all the Canadian national players on both I teams. I saw that. Yeah, it's yeah, a lineup. That teams. was after the game too, right? No, it was before the game. Before the game? I think it was before. No, yeah, it was before the game. After the game, they just walked away. Uh, yeah.
1: White but- <laughs> Cats players are pretty upset.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, before the game, they lined them up and then all uh, the Saves was like, you know, showing the respects and applauding yeah. and I'm like, and now they want to have uh nation's league games at the uh, Olympic stadium, which I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to those games for sure. Yeah. Hopefully it, oh, ho- hopefully, hopefully good.
1: Well. I'm hoping they have, I, I'd like to see Canada play it. Like part of me like to see Canada play at BC place because it's such a big stadium and you can get so many people in there. Mm-hmm. But part of me just also doesn't like BC place cause it's turf Yeah, and because I don't like the lighting and because I don't like, like, I don't know, maybe it's cause I'm in there for Whitecaps games and it's never full. There's always empty seats and stuff, but like atmosphere there just like, feels kind of dead. Every time I go to BMO, it's a party. So I
0: don't know. Okay. But so what exactly about BC Place you don't like?
1: Okay. So when I shoot white caps games, what I don't like about BC Place is obviously the turf. It's not good. Yeah. It's late. Like, I've heard so many players complain about it. Um, I really don't like the fact that we have a, a, a like the, the retractable roof, but it only retracts like maybe 25% of what you would expect it to. Yeah, so yeah. you hardly get any light coming in from that anyway. They have this huge jumbotron in the middle, which is like really distracting. Mm. And and the top tier is empty and it's, there's like tarps around the side. So you can't really see the top tier, but it doesn't like help. It doesn't bounce audio sound very well. So when the fans are chanting, like all the noise just goes up and it doesn't really like, you can't hear it on the field, really. So oh. even if you have the team chanting like, or the fans chanting like crazy, it doesn't translate well into the field for an atmosphere. So yeah, like the acoustics are bad. The turf is bad. For photographers, like the lighting is terrible. Like I, don't, yeah, I yeah. really don't like the light in there. Yeah. The only good thing is like, it's easy to get around. It's well built, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's about the best you could play out of <laughs> shit. So.
0: And it's like in the middle of downtown. So it's like. Yeah. It's well, that's, to... it's
1: good if you want to go out after. True. But. Yeah, it's that's yeah. true. It. Well, there's not that many that, that many people go to white caps games anyway. So the fact that it's downtown
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh I've been to one white caps game in Vancouver. Yeah. It was years ago. It was I think 2015, 2014. Yeah. No, no, not even. It was like 2012, 2012. Yeah. And um, I was there for a conference and the day we landed, um, you know, it's like people from my college from my Sisup, and we're like 20 people. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we noticed that it was the Montreal Impact, their first MLS season. Yeah. And Later that night, it was the Montreal Canadiens playing the Canucks. We're like, oh okay, okay. So we're like, we can't go to hockey for sure because it's going to be way too expensive for any of us. But we yeah. can get into the soccer game. We found a we found a reseller, and then we got like fifty bucks a pop uh, for tickets, which are like nosebleed seats. But we're like, we don't care. Yeah, now, one of my friends happened to have a huge Quebec flag, so we're like, all right, take that flag. We're going in. Yeah, immediately people were chirping us. So like, look at these guys, you know? Yeah, and um, Montreal lost four nil and <laughs> bro we were chewed up by everyone around us it was that,
1: that's one of them where you have to wait in your seats for like half hour 45 minutes for everyone to go home so you can go home no
0: like, but that's the thing we weren't quiet. in the we like we weren't even in with in the way section we were just yeah among all the white cap fans it was chirping us. it was so funny and like much yeah. was awful that game much was really bad and i remember thinking um i was like oh this is cool bc place and i nothing stood out about that stadium if i'm being honest i was Literally. like really I was like, oh, you know. Because I watched
1: the Whitecaps play at three stadiums. I watched them play at Swangard Stadium, which is now where the Whitecaps FC2 MLS Pro Next team plays. Okay. Which is outdoor stadium, turf, with like a running track around and like one built concrete stand. And they used to do like um, like metal bleacher seating around the other ends. Okay. And that was like, I watched that. That was my like first experience watch, watching football. And that was when I was probably between like the ages, I would say of like six and ten. And yeah. like that was when they played in um, the NASL, so it wasn't yeah. MLS, but the like level was still good. But it was like such a raw football atmosphere because it was like outdoor stadium, mm. you know, one main stand, cheap tickets. That's where we shot um, some stuff for issue one of Derby Magazine with Carl Valentine, and then
0: okay when they oh moved, okay yeah, yeah
1: yeah when they moved to MLS in 2011, they had a temporary stadium while they were renovating BC Place, and it was called Empire Field it okay. was also fully outdoor. And the stadium was made of literally just bleachers, basically. yeah, and it was um, right next to uh, Second Arrows Bridge in um, almost Burnaby area of Vancouver. Okay. And the backdrop was the north shore. so it's all of the North Vancouver mountains. Oh, very nice. And the amount of noise you could create with all the metal bleachers, people used to smash their feet on them and like it created such a crazy, like racketing sound. Was, like I remember the training, the dressing rooms for players were literally like um those like U haul like portable um, yeah like stands. Like they weren't even proper dressing rooms because it was just a temporary thing. But like that was the best thing outdoors. It was on turf, but like the amount of noise you could make on like those metal bleacher seatings was insane. Mm-hmm. Like the the backdrop was just these beautiful mountains. Like it was that's crazy. awesome. And then you go to a BC place where there's like no no good like acoustics. The field's bad. Like, the lighting's bad. It's just not not the best vibe. (laughs) I have lots of friends there that are in, like, supporters groups, and I love them dearly. But, like, I just wish, like, for their sake, they got to support the team at, like, a proper football stadium.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's either they got to renovate that stadium or they got to get a special stadium for the caps. Because
1: with the World Cup bid that just went through, now that Vancouver's back in the bidding, they've said that they will make, like, the, the field,
0: it will be grass. Okay, good. Thank God. Yeah, but that's good.
1: the thing is, the, pro- the city, the city probably won't actually install that grass until it's like confirmed, accepted the Vancouver City because mm. For now, it's just a bid, right? Yeah.
0: So, we will so see. It, it, the bid so far for Canada, it, it's Toronto, Edmonton. Is Edmonton still in?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, Toronto, Edmonton, and Vancouver. I think. Okay,
0: that makes right? sense. It's it's too bad. I've been we have talked a lot, especially Montreal. The Montreal Soccer Team talks a lot about Montreal's uh, not being a part of the bid. You know, being a major city yeah. and not being part of the bid, everyone was really upset by it. But then when we talk about breaking out the economics, we're like, oh, okay, makes sense. And also the his Montreal has a really bad history with the Olympic Stadium here. Yeah, it, it's a complicated history where it was built what, built in seventy six, but we didn't really pay off those uh, debts until like two thousand eight or something like that, or two thousand six. Yeah. So it's like thirty, like thirty four years later. Yeah, you know, and it's um. And I think so whenever the, in politics they bring up the idea of renovating the Olympic stadium, everyone just goes, "No, no, we're yeah. not doing that. We're not going through that again. Forget it. We remember. But then like, when I go to Olympic Stadium, the atmosphere that the Montreal fans create in that stadium is so it feels European yeah. because the the sound echoes off the just echoes off the the ceilings and everything, and it just it, it's like the game they played against um Cruz Azul. I remember the energy that statem just being like, this is insane. This is yeah, you so feel good. like
1: it's just fizzing, honestly. Like,
0: yeah, like it's just like it it was so palpable. Like I was with a yeah. friend who rarely comes to Montreal games and he's a heart, he's a QPR fan, like, loser. Okay. <laughs> no
1: <And>, um, <laughs> do idea what he's doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Kofi, you know who you are, loser. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like um, he 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 loves football. And and I remember we went together, and he was like, dude, that felt like a European game. And yeah. I was like, yeah, man. Like the just like the team got better. The fans are just even, are just as good as they always have been. And yeah. it's I think what we need to do is sort of BC Place and Olympic Stadium needs to like like fusion like yeah. Dragon Ball fusion into one yeah. like
1: uh, yeah, exactly yeah yeah. Just where would you put it? Would it be in BC or would it be in Montreal? I still like the thing is, oh, Montreal would be such a lit place to have like yeah. A, I'm thinking about the after party to be honest, but like because <laughs> Montreal is so cool. I love Montreal, but like yeah it's like the first men's world cup in Canada. You guys don't want to be a part of that. Really? But
0: like, no, like we want to, but the money says no. The money yeah, says no.
1: True. But like, I remember like going to like the world, when we had the women's world cup in Vancouver in 2015, yes. I remember going to those games. Um, and like, the, I remember the pop-ups that were, that were going on. I remember mm. like all the watch parties and everything. And I was only 16. So I wasn't even like a drinking age and able to like <laughs> all the other activities, but like, I remember being as a kid being like, I need to experience this again. Like at some point I need to have, like the buzz just around the city was crazy. Like it's like everyone wakes up in the morning they're happy. Everyone just like wants to do stuff together. It doesn't matter who you are. Like Mm. everyone's just like in the mood for football. It's like you rarely get to have that feeling
0: ever. It felt like that with Montreal. Like I remember remember that World Cup. I went to three or four games at the Olympic Stadium. I watched uh, Canada play the Netherlands and it was like, 35,000 people at the stadium yeah uh they could fill the 60,000 but still for a women's world cup game for a, a city where the Kenyan market doesn't do amazing but it was like i remember the atmosphere being incredible i was there when i watched all the korea games they played brazil spain and costa rica uh and then i watched england play colombia that was a good one there was so many colombian fans that was oh a i
1: remember that was it didn't Lucy Bronze score like a crazy goal that game or
0: something? Oh, I been... remember. Oh no, I don't remember because we. I hate my friends. I hate my non. I hate. I hate my, my non soccer friends. We showed up twenty minutes late. I was so upset with them. Oh no! And they are like, "It's late for a World Cup game." I, I, I told him. I was like, "I was like," they're like, "Why are you upset?" I'm like, "You don't get it." So, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you just don't get it. And then we, yeah. so we showed up twenty minutes late. I was upset, but I remember the Korea games because I go with all with the Korean community. Yeah, and. uh it was uh, I just being with the Korean fans was fun. That's what I missed the most because we show up in a block where that we're in one at like the, the extreme, like right behind the net It's just a sea yep. of red and with like drums and everyone's singing all the time. And Ketse was there. Ketse, she was like, yo, you impressed. You impressed the entire stadium. Like you guys never stopped. Yeah. I'm like this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> this is a-
1: it's funny that you say that because I have the exact same experience because I remember watching Korea play um, at BC Place. Like, oh,
0: especially uh, in Vancouver. BC.
1: And it was the same thing. It was just a block. And it's instead of red, they were all wearing like those blue jerseys. Oh. Okay. Like blue with like a white like sash down the middle. Yeah. Kind of. I remember that one. I remember I remember just saying in the block with all of them. And it's like they're all like so in unison. I was like, this level of organization I don't see often at BC Place. I was very no. <laughs> Is that
0: is that a is that a is that a jab at the at the at the Vancouver at the White Cap supporters? No,
1: it's just like <laughs> it's just it's just a jab at the stadium really (laughs) the the supporters are for the most part like pretty in unison it's just like because of the acoustics it's so hard to have them all go at the same time that's what i love about bmo because when we so when we were at bmo for the game they qualified the one moment i remember i don't remember many moments like when i'm shooting but what i remember is i remember atiba coming on and yes Uh, around the full stadium like everyone was saying it and it started in like the voyager section and yes. it just instantly transpired to like the sides and another the back end and it was just like whoa yeah. like you don't usually get praised for one player like that unless they're like retiring or they're coming off with their final send-off he was just coming on off the bench
0: yeah like, do you know like i remember that moment because uh, i was in the voyager section and i just remember um when Canada qualified, I didn't even get emotional. I didn't even cry. I was like, yeah, like, I'm gonna cry once I see them play at the World Cup. Yeah. But I got teary when they did that for Atiba. I was like, wow. I was like, that was a powerful moment. I was like, that was really, really cool. And um, yeah, you were shooting that game, right? Like, yeah. Oh, well, okay, so what was that like? I know Tugo has this story, and he was just like, like after like. Like,
1: the, the feeling, like, when the final whistle went kind of? Or?
0: or just, like, I mean, I guess throughout the game, you're just so zoned you in on, like... Yeah, like, the
1: thing is, when I'm shooting, I never remember any of the goals because I'm watching it through, like, this tiny little viewfinder. So I'm only, like, kind of mm. looking at one player at a time. So I always have to watch the highlights after games to see what actually happened. But yeah. I remember the Kyle goal went in. And, like, even before Kyle scored the first goal, we should have had, like, two or three. yeah like, it was, like... It was, and it was that feeling that we talked about earlier where it's like, you know, they're going to win. You never, the net, the result was never in doubt for that game from the, yeah, 100%. Because Jamaica were so off the pace and Canada was so on it. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember Laren's goal going in. I remember Tejan's goal going in and him being yeah. really gassed because he obviously felt bad about missing the first opportunity. And then who scored the third one? It was Junior, wasn't it?
0: June. Oh. Yes. It was Junior. So
1: that's the interesting thing. So, I don't know if I've told this story anywhere else, but I don't Ooh, think I have. At least a podcast. But so they, we shot training the day before the game in Tagwa And we were talking, we talked to Daniil and we talked to Atiba and we're like, we have a Canada flag. We're going to be on the sideline. If you want it to celebrate with the flag, when you score, come grab it off of us. I'll mm. be holding it. And so obviously neither Tiba or um, Daniil scored. But when Junior scored, he was like running over and there was like maybe, I don't know, 30 photographers here yeah i mean Ty were there and i had the flag and i was like i miss giving it to laren i miss giving it to Tejon. i just like put my hand out with the flag like over the advertisement board and junior saw it and he grabbed it so that's and, your like, flag that's my flag well it's not mine Alex was yeah. gave it to me but that's the, that's how they got that flag that they're holding upside down so <laughs> i literally put it over the the advertisement board. they grabbed it off me and then they threw it back to me, which is like kind of cool because i'm like Alex now has that flag, but it's just like funny story.
0: That's cool though. It's like it's on video, it's on YouTube, yeah, so literally, it's
1: like- I have a photo of I took a photo of them with the flag, like it's crazy. And then, so, oh, yeah, like post game, me and Tag were obviously able to shoot on the field, so we both ran on there, and I was like shooting these guys there.
0: Yes, yeah, so how's was that like? Yeah, I
1: had a Kubik crying. I remember Kamal crying, like taking yeah. those photos, like it was crazy. And then they obviously all the players are over to the Voyageurs and like engage with them, and then they go back to the middle to do like the drum. Yeah. And then Tabo would just look at each other. And we just start, like, crying and hugging and, like, screaming. <laughs> and I'd, like, ne- Tabo would knock my camera out of my hand. Like, one of the players picked it up and gave it to me. It wasn't broken, luckily. Oh, luckily. Exactly. Um, but, like, literally, like, all the emotions just, like, kind of, like, exploded in that one moment. Like, mm. where it was silent for half a sec before they started to do the drum. And then, obviously, they did the drum. They did, like, the um, fireworks with the qualified banner. Yeah. was Like, absolutely insane. I Never- just experience anything in my life like that and it probably never will again unless i win the world cup which
0: unless you, know? you never know you never know you never know like that's the thing i was like i remember just so, taking the moment and i remember i just saw watching the game i just looked at all the other stands yeah and i remember there was a moment where no one sat down for like, yeah. like a good maybe for the majority the game no one sat down and i was like i love going to games where no one's sitting down where everyone's just like yeah you know, zoned into like it's a because I remember, like you said, that game, we knew Canada's was going to win. It was just a yeah. matter of how many goals are you going to score.
1: Exactly, yeah. And, and like, it's it's funny that too, because like, I remember like just before the whistle went, it was just snowing like crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. And then when the players went over to celebrate with the Voyagers, it was like blinding sun. Like it was like, yeah. it was so, you know, just like, it was like that coming, like that coming of age moment where it's like final whistle go- blows, you qualify. It goes from like, snow to like bright <laughs> sunshine like it was
0: just like wow i i think that was my favorite moment of that day or that game was that it was snowing and i'm like yeah. this is so appropriate this I is know. appropriate that it starts snowing now and it was um i just remember thinking i just remember thinking because like i was like i can't believe i'm here watching this right now like i can't believe again shout out to eli for for hooking me up with the tickets and um i just yeah it was history. I, I got to win this history and I couldn't believe I, I like we get to say in the future that we were there. Yeah, like,
1: exactly. But well, I thought we were going to be there when we went to Costa Rica. And yeah, honestly, that's right. It was right. such a blessing in disguise It didn't happen there because it would have not been anywhere near as like kind of, you know, iconic.
0: Yeah, because like if let's say they won at Costa Rica and then they came back to Toronto and then it would have been like, I mean, it would still be exciting, but it, yeah. there, there isn't that factor of like this is the game. Yeah, of, exactly. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a make it or break it kind of thing.
1: Exactly. Like it was like this, like if you like, and it's just, you got to do it on home soil, you know, like, yeah. Cause a lot of these people won't get the chance to go to the World Cup. Like this will be kind of their send off for the national team before they mm. play at this tournament, you know. So the fact that they were able to like share that moment, like yeah. that will be for a lot of the people that were there in that building, they won't go to the World Cup. That was the moment that will be the most like similar in terms of like energy level they can experience to winning a game at the World Cup. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I I totally get that. And I just I'm just trying to wonder how I'm just excited to see how this work out. That uh, this work, work out. This world cup will work out. Yeah. Um I, I I kind of wish the World Cup is now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I know what you it. mean. It's like I'm very curious to see how they play against uh Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco. And I just I because in every team in the World Cup, there's always one player that everyone expects Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Kyle Lerner, and, you know, Tejan to kill it. Yeah. But there will always be that one player that will just stand up where everyone's like, oh, you showed up, you know? Yeah. Like, you're clutching it. I'm kind of hoping it's Kamal Miller. I know like, exactly
1: what you mean. It's like that Calvin Phillips at the, the Euros for England kind of. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Calvin Phillips. So, yes, yep. I, I definitely agree. And. I don't know. I just feel good about this team, and like especially all my friends here, they're they never supported Canada. They're always been like, "Oh, why would I support Canada?" And then like now I, I explain to them, watch this team, man, watch this yeah. team, and now they're all like, "Okay, we're behind them. We're behind." them. I was like, "Yes, you should. Like, this isn't a fluke. Like, this team is good." Yeah. I was like, "John Herdman is just a statue at some point." And
1: the thing is, like, if John Herdman can, if there's any guy and any any coach um in football that I think of, like off the top of my head, where I'm like he can turn a bunch of like players that no one expects a lot of into like someone that can beat anybody on their given day. It's John Herdman. Like this guy will build a master plan to beat Belgium. He will build a master plan. Yeah. to beat Any of those teams. Like he doesn't intend on tying any of those games, you know, mm-hmm. like people said we couldn't beat the U S people said we couldn't beat Mexico and we did it and it didn't even look hard, you know, like yeah. it took a lot to go. It took a lot of preparation and like a lot of hard work when it's beating those teams. But like, People said we couldn't do it. And it's like, so why can't we beat these teams at the World Cup, you know? Like, why can't we be the Greece and win the Euros, but be Canada and win the World Cup? Why can't so, that be us, you know?
0: I think so. And I, I feel like, especially now, like, well, who was it? Like, Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> I know Tug was not a fan of of him, but like, I know Carlo yeah. Ancelotti just recently said that he's going to be supporting Canada in this World Cup, especially with Italy being out of it. Uh, but I was like, you got one of the best coaches in the world. Endorsing you. It's like, dude, like that's, that's not nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, exactly. He's He's even saying, like, what this team has done is beyond impressive. But I'm like, yeah, there's something happening here. Yeah.
1: No, I think after, like you said, like, there's going to be players making moves before the World Cup. But after the World Cup, there's going to be a lot of people coming in for players from Canada after they see what they can do against, like, a team like Croatia, a team like yeah. Belgium, a team like Morocco. Like, I think of, like, James Rodriguez's goal he scored at the World Cup in Brazil in 2014. And oh, his yeah. Performance there, like you're going to have players from Canada that are doing that sort of thing. Maybe not scoring goals like that, but doing mm. things that no one expected they could do. And there will definitely be people knocking on the door.
0: I think so. Like, that's why, that's why I feel very, um, I feel very optimistic about this. Yeah. And uh, I, actually, okay. Sort of a off-step random question. Yeah. Were you, a little bit more about yourself, were you born in Vancouver or were you? Yeah, I was,
1: I was born in Vancouver, yeah.
0: Okay, and your parents, you said your parents are English. Were they born in Canada or were they immigrated so, from the UK? So
1: my parents, my dad was born in Reading, which is like just outside of London. so like yeah. the club junior toilet place for now. Yeah, exactly. And then my mom was born in uh, like near Newcastle and then moved down to the south coast, like near Bournemouth, Southampton area when she was like a couple years old.
0: Oh, okay, okay. okay. And then so.
1: they immigrated to Canada in their um, late 20s. And then um, they had me in Vancouver when they're in their mid 30s.
0: Oh, super cool. Okay, th- yeah. this, this is what I find uh, fascinating is that there's still a lot of um, uh, UK and British people moving to th- these parts of Canada. But in mm. in Quebec, it's a lot of people from France and Belgium that are moving here. Yeah. So, because uh, like, I, this is my assumption because when I see your name, I'm like, okay, I'm assuming his parents are from like Quebec and then they moved out there. It's the total opposite. It's a complete total opposite. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, Literally the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Like my parents like don't come from like the craziest football cities too. So like my like I have family in Bournemouth and Southampton. I get sent I gear from both of them, and they're like they're rivals, but they're also like not. They're like cousins, kind of like yeah, like, like super rival like teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get to go to Bournemouth games in twenty. 20- uh 17 i think it was i got to go see two friends i got to see them play this is when they're in the premier league i got to see them play against uh, valencia and i got to see them play against oh. napoli at oh their, the vitality stadium yeah good like, games yeah it's like just this tiny little like corrugated metal stadium where you can kick up so much noise in there but it was such a cool atmosphere oh, that's i got cool. to watch Insigne, who will now be at you know, TFC. TFC, yeah. that's, you know i
0: can't believe that that's just yeah. insane
1: yeah so those were some cool cool atmosphere games you know
0: um right. So yeah. You said you've been to a Bournemouth game and then you've also been to a Southampton game?
1: No, I haven't been to the Southampton game, mm. um, but I went to the two Bournemouth games when they played Valencia and uh Napoli at uh, I think it's called the Vitality Stadium.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So how would you how would you rate going to a Bournemouth game like just based on those friendlies? I would say
1: like because it was a friendly too, like the energy was really high and it was like it was just before Premier League season kicked off, so the team was like Hmm. getting in top form most of the players were like trying to cement their spots in the squad i'd give those like seven seven out of ten. Oh, okay cool but for yeah.
0: friendly against those top year yeah, games, no
1: exactly and i the fact that it's a friendly like you would think that it would be lower but like both teams were. i remember there was like almost a red card in both games like the teams are like getting ready <laughs> ready for you know like the start of the season yeah um but yeah like honestly you should have like a breakdown of between me and Tagwa, and whoever else was at the games of all the people that went to the Canada World co- qualifying games to see how they ranked them, because I think Tagwa ranks the Ice Tech game and as his as his high point. Yeah. But I think I'm even though like it wasn't the best game for me to shoot. The game we beat the U.S. I think might be my high point. Really? Well, why, why? is at that one at the top? I of the qualified game, I think it was because like so that game, the Ice Tech game. Like I got both of the set goal celebrations, and I was like, okay, I'm set. I'm good. I'm happy. And, um, but the game we played, America, Laren's goal, he ran like the opposite direction from me, so I didn't get any good photos of his first mm-hmm. goal celebration. And then I don't know if you remember that game, but like Canada didn't have like a crazy amount of chances, so
0: no, I didn't get I like remember. even
1: many photos, like action photos hardly any of that game. Like, I think it was like I took half the amount of photos I'd normally take a game in that one just because there was hardly any action near me, yeah. And it was like the 90th minute, and I'm like just praying, I'm praying, praying, I'm like, please be a goal, please be a goal, so I have something like good like a good photo yeah. that's awkward to use I'm like please 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 and like literally at the last minute of the game Sarah Adekube scores like an absolute screamer yeah i celebrates in the corner like right next to where I'm standing I got good photos of it I was like <laughs> I think that for me because like I was just banking on the fact that they would do something like Adekube clutched up for me so hard and just came and
0: it's quite an absolute glass. So, and celebrate right in front of me. So, Did, do you know, like, out of all the qualifying goals, everyone talks about Afonso Davies' goal against Panama as like the yeah. best, which is well, it was the craziest one. But my favorite, I think, on a technical level, was Sam Kubi's goal against the, U- the U.S. and Hamilton, because yeah. the way he like he the controls way he it down. That's it. He the way I mean, he brought it down, dribbles past him, sprints, and it, yep. at the moment we start sprinting, and I'm like, oh, that's a goal. Yep. And then the way he hits it, like twenty yards yep. out, and I'm like, it was, it was no a rocket fear.
1: near post oh he missed man. he missed a really good chance like about 10 minutes before that one
0: yes he i remember went, that
1: just past the top corner and i remember him like because he shot it and then he was right on my side and he put his hand on his head like this and he was like frustrated but like i knew like when he got when he was running that second time like he's not missing this
0: one like he's no. gonna score. and and there's i don't know just the way he was running and when he wound up for the shot i was like he's not missing this one and i literally blinked and it was in and i was like on, oh my god the-
1: on the commentary, you could hear it like he goes up and he like brings his foot back to shoot. Yes. The whole stadium goes dead quiet. And then all you hear is like the ball hit the back of the net and it just erupts.
0: Like, oh, you, like, I love that on, tension. Like,
1: one soccer commentary, everyone's cheering crazy when they realize we're counterattacking. And it's like, it goes from being like a three on three to all of a sudden Adekube is like in a low on goal. Yeah, and Everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then he like, <laughs> pats, like winds up his foot. And everyone's like, And then you just hear the ball like hit the back of the net and it just erupts. Uh, you gotta go back and watch it again.
0: I gotta watch it because, like, there's certain things on TV you'll miss, but when you were there, it's yeah. like you you just remember. Because, like, I think the the recent one I can remember was, um, Ismail Kone. Whenever he would dribble, the entire stadium would just like lose it. They're like, "What? This kid's doing this? Like, you know, no fear." It's um, yeah. No, it's just, this this is why you. Lo- this is why live games are always are so much better. Because like. Yep. It's just those small little moments. Like even when I went to West Ham game, when they scored, the way everyone just cheers and I was just like, it's way different from like the way we do it, right? It's just, I don't know. know, It's small things like that.
1: Like it's getting to that point. Like I feel like, so when I watch national team game, it's the closest I can relate to a European game. Because when you watch a European game, like even the casuals in there, they would be considered like super invested or hardcore fans if they were in North America. Yeah. So when I watch an MLS game, it's like we score and it's like 20, 30, 40% of the stadium is like going crazy. And the other are just like, oh, something happened. Like, it's cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah. When you watch a Canada game, it's super... Like, the crowd is very much so like a European atmosphere where it's like, mm-hmm. if there's a goal, everyone's going nuts. Yeah. I, know, I don't know if it's the same at Montreal games or not, but... Montreal fans like is... Like, in terms of like only like maybe 40 or 60% of the stadium. No, it's... it's, like
0: it's... super better. I... Um... I'm not just saying this as someone who's obviously a Montreal fan, I'm basing yeah. this on other people who've came to the games, uh, whether on YouTube or my personal friends, yeah. they've all said that they've always been impressed with the Montreal fans because whenever Montreal, like here's the, because we so we watch the games like they're the Canadians, like the kind of energy that Montreal Canadian fans have is yeah. really palpable and a lot of pressure for the players. But that's kind of what European games are like. So whenever someone makes a bad pass, you can, feel the energy of the stadium being like, bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And then whenever, like, uh, this past game when Mihaljevic scored, uh, I actually, I was like... Golasso. Ball from Alistair Johnson. Holy... Okay, do you know what upsets me the most? I was five minutes late to that game. No. (laughs) GC, you got to set your alarms. (laughs) (laughs) Alarms, man. So what happened? No, this is what happened. What happened was I thought the game was at four. For whatever reason, I read it as four. And I usually like to go an hour before the game. And then I just feel like I'm parking the car and I just feel my phone go off. I'm look, I get notification. It's like game starts in 15 minutes. And I'm like, Oh no. I was like, I gotta, and I'm about a 10 minute walk. So I'm walking to the stadium and you see this few stragglers going in. And I was like, I know I'm late when there isn't a lot of people walking towards the, it was just a a few people. And then I'm literally like 200 yards from the stadium I can hear them announcing the 11. I'm like, okay, they're about to start. I'm not going to be late. I hear them doing national anthem. I'm not going to be late. Yeah. And then, Mihaljevic scores a goal. And I just hear the entire stadium will lose. Just lose it. Just completely yeah. lose it. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome outside the stadium. Yeah. But I was pissed. I'm like, I fucking missed a goal. I'm like, I know. no. And it happened where I was sitting, it happened in front of me. So, Oh, so you would have been right there too? I would have seen the Alistair cross and yeah. then I would have seen the Mihaljevic goal.
1: The way he hit it first time was like super impressive. It's like super you bounced impressive. it like so that it made really hard for going. He I, he's,
0: I, wa- he's a baller. And I watched the highlights and I thought, this guy's trying to make into the US team. He's yep. trying really hard. And I'm like, keep, just keep that energy, man. We need yep. it because someone needs to carry the team. Yep. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, it must have been, like, the exact opposite feeling for you, like, when Toss scored in, like, the last minute to tie the oh. <laughs> I remember watching it on a TV, my dad said to me, he's like, why are they bringing this guy on for, like, the last two minutes? Like, what's he going to do? Yeah. And he goes, and I'm like, nah, dad, that's the homie. Me and Tag were shot with Toss. And we, 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 <laughs> we, lo- we love him. We want him to score. He's going to do something. Yeah. And he scores, and my dad's like, oh, I was so wrong. And my dad, it's just, like, like he felt bad because my dad was like, oh, he's not going to do anything. He comes on and scores, and I'm going crazy. Yeah. I'm like messaging the group chat, being like, "Yo, Toss just scored!" Like, we basically we we like we call him like Uncle. We we're like, "Yeah, Uncle Toss scored!" Like, he bagged. He did the celebration where he jumps and does like the fist bump in the air. And yeah. then I'm like, sad. My other friend was on delay on on watching like on TSN Go or whatever. Yeah, and I remember, I'm like, it's offside. He's like, no, 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 side. Like, yeah. It's offside. It's offside. <laughs> and then I just turned the TV off and walked into the other room. i was like, time to play some Call of Duty. <laughs>
0: It was okay, like here's okay, here where I was when they scored the goal, it was within stoppage time, right? Yeah. And I remember just everyone our section was just like deflated. Everyone was angry and deflated. They're like, Of course, this bullshit happens in Montreal all the time. It always happens to us, like some crazy goal, like we always bottle it, right? And then and at some point, like, everyone's just angry. Everyone's like, okay, it's, we're just going to bounce. And then at some point, the ref is, like, being hesitant. And then everyone's just staring at the ref. And then I just see everyone in stands doing, VAR, VAR. Yeah. And he goes to VAR. And then they put on the screen that he's going to VAR. Yeah. The entire stadium lost it. They're like, yes, yes. And then when he called it offside, we celebrated that like it was a goal. It was so much fun. That was yeah. That was a lot of fun. It was... uh. That was a good game. That was a good game. I was. That's one that of those
1: moments where it's like they, like VAR is sick for one team, but yes. the other team it sucks. Like you know those <laughs> ones where they're like, oh, like VAR is gonna stop players celebrating gold like because of stuff like that.
0: Mm. But, it, <laughs> but but I, for the one who was saved by VAR, I was really oh, yeah. happy.
1: No, because that that'll be me at some point in the season. Like going <laughs>
0: another way,
1: right? I feel like we did. We I feel like we need another podcast. Or even yeah. just to sit down in the beer just to talk about white caps in Montreal, because I have so many questions about Montreal that I feel like TFC like, gets covered all over the place by like these big outfits yeah, and like stuff. So they're always talking about TFC, but I feel like I have so many questions about okay,
0: Montreal. But do you have do you have a question? Not
1: like, like any like soup like that probably are suited to the podcast, but I just want to talk about like bro I want to talk about Mason toy I want to talk about like oh yeah yeah we could you do know, that. like all these guys like what's his name Bahia who's now playing at ham cam in Orway like I have yeah. all these questions about these I, guys
0: I watched Bahia played once there was like a a charity tournament last November it was a futsal yeah. tournament he had a team and he had a team and then Mohammed Farsi who used to play at uh, at Calvary had a team yeah. as well when I watched those who play at futsal, you could just see it, it was like, Oh, these guys are different level. They're yeah. just the way they touch, the way they move on and off the ball. I'm like, oh crap, like yo, I was <laughs> a different level. Yeah. But actually, yeah, if you if you have a question, shoot it. Like, go. Like, uh No, I
1: don't have like any in particular, but I'm just like, where's Brokeyard? Because I used to put this guy on my fantasy team like every week, like last uh, year, like, okay. He was getting bare points. And then I'm like, I, I'm like, where is this guy? Like he's not really starting every game now. He's it's in now, the- Canada, like I I was told people in Montreal that they're like he's like Marmite. People either love him or they hate him. Like I'm like yeah. what's going on?
0: He's Marmite's a good word. Uh it's it's I like him because yeah. he has a profile that I feel like a lot of MLS players can't keep up with. Mm. But uh Austin Johnson kind of made him irrelevant if I'm being yeah. honest. Um because Austin Johnson just technically and then I think tactically just a better player. Mm. Um but then they Montreal signed Camacho, which I felt like was not necessary.
1: Like he got re-signed, right?
0: Yeah, which I It looked like he was going to leave. He did yeah.
1: leave, and then he came back. I was like, "What's going on?"
0: I I don't really understand that move. I really don't. I felt like you could have saved that 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 salary money for someone else. Maybe because
1: yeah, well, they had Yao right, and then now he's back in the CPL. That's what I mean. I yeah. have so many questions about oh. this Montreal team. Okay.
0: okay, okay, that's that's for another time. Like okay. yeah, exactly. If ever, if ever you're in Montreal, if ever in Vancouver. We're, we're definitely gonna have to sit oh, no, down it's a- gonna
1: happen this year don't worry it's gonna happen
0: 100 i've already i've already made plans of like whoever from dark magazine or you or anyone extended yeah, yeah. if you're in montreal i already made plans of like where we're gonna hang out and what we're Perfect. gonna do and- i'm trying to go sushi
1: bar kim i'm trying to go there
0: <laughs> yes yes come through come through i think tago probably like praised it so yes
1: definitely did yeah
0: yeah and uh i'm gonna try to get to vancouver 100 yeah. and that that's I I I think Vancouver is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever visited. So I definitely want
1: We go won't to. take you to White Caps game, we'll take you to a Pacific game.
0: I want to go to I ordered the New Jersey that the, 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 the third kit one, it's so sick. So sick. I'm like, I'm, I'm wh- like, how is
1: this not on Soccer Bible the minute it came out? I'm like, why is like, is it just because it's in the CPL? Like it's literally one of I the hardest so. kits I've ever seen.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I think the moment I saw it the next day, I bought it. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm not, i don't care how much it costs, I need that. I need I that know. kit. It's a. Uh, it's a fireball listening. Please look up Pacific FC third away jersey. It is the most beautiful and original jerseys I've ever seen in my life. I I love it. Yeah, they uh, got like
1: a local artist to do and everything. Like it's sick.
0: It's sick. Um, but yeah. So we've been pushing a little past an hour. Yeah. And as we always do with every podcast guest and episode, uh, I got to ask you these two questions. So first one, which game in world football do you want to watch? That's, like, top I, of your bucket list. Okay,
1: so, for like, when I think about this question, I think about, like, travel and being, like, yeah. super outside my my element. Yeah, that's like, a good one. Like, cause I'm, like, you have these typical, like, crazy, like, El Clasico, these sort of games. I'm, like, I don't care about those. Like, I want, mm. like, raw football. So, I'm, like, it's got to either be something, like, Boca versus River Plate or, like, mm. I know Tag would say this one. Like, for him, it's probably, like, Orlando Pirates versus Kaiser Chiefs. So, I don't want to take Ooh. that one. It's, but, like, something like that where it's, like, you, you strip away most of the commercial aspects of it and it's just literally, like, fans. Like, I feel like I could go to, like, a Boca River Plate game and not even watch the game. Like, literally sit up looking at the fans and I would be entertained.
0: Yes, yes. Like, uh,
1: you know yeah. what I mean? So, I feel like that, like, some sort of, like, game in South America, like, Pluminense, say, like, Brazilian, like, two, like, Brazilian Giants, like, something like that would be fun. Like, because mm. I went to Costa Rica, obviously, with tiger, and for the first time, going out to like kind of central slush it was, it's central america but it's pretty close to south america right i was like it's such a vibe down there and the way like the fans interact with the game i'm like i need to go down there to watch more football even if it's not shooting like i need to go down there. so yeah i would say like that that's at the top of the list like like one of one of those boca river games would be, would be boca proud.
0: river is good uh a lot of people said that and i'm not making what you're saying like unique, but it's because yeah, yeah, yeah. it has that mystique to it right where like Boca and River is just like you, you don't even know about the match. You don't even know about the players. You're it's there like for the fans. Football. It's like football on cocaine. That's
1: like, it. Like I'm not saying you're on cocaine. I'm just saying like the <laughs> like level the level of the like the level of the experience is just like like football on steroids. Like don't even know how to like even put it into words.
0: Yeah, like when 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 you YouTube Boca and River, you don't even look up the actual match. You're actually just looking up the vibe you the stadium, just
1: looking at like what the fans did to tear up the stadium before, or after, yes, game, like, that sort of
0: thing. Like literally, on yeah. my Instagram, all the real suggestions are just like River, like a uh, Boca River, I mean Boca Junior fans just going crazy, like climbing fences, singing, yeah. and just like ripping things apart. I'm like, this is unique. This is very unique.
1: I, you know what, one game I can't wait for is the first time Austin and LAFC face off in like a two-legged playoff game. Ooh. Yeah, so Can you think about the LAFC fans that would travel to Austin, and then the Austin fans that would travel to LAFC, and also
0: that would be crazy. That would be crazy, and also California, and Texas have this weird rivalry anyway. That's true. So I would I love to see. That's a good one. That's also a really good one. Um, and that might that might have to change it to that. <laughs> that's and that's, that's something unique you. Too. And that's something you could legitimately it's do. If we do, yeah, yeah. You could do that easy, and. um Oh, yeah. So, second question is, which venue do you want to watch a match? It could be a specific match or a regular match, whatever. Mm. BC Place?
1: No, no, not even. No, definitely not. (laughs) I would love to go to the actual Azteca for a game. I feel like that would be pretty sick, but I'm trying to think where I would like to go.
0: Azteca would be good.
1: I think just because of like, like my dad's an architect. So I also like,
0: really oh. like, stadiums. like, okay, um, that's good.
1: The, uh, what's it? Uh, Marseille stadium. The, I oh, think it's yeah. Stadio yeah. Velodrome or something. Yes. No, maybe I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. I think, think it's the it's Velodrome. Called? Yeah.
1: That stadium is so beautiful. I feel like a PSG versus Marseille game there would be like, absolutely like lights out. Yeah. Um, the other one that I think is such a cool stadium is, um, what's it called? Braga Stadium where like half of it is like a mountain
0: yeah it's like a rock
1: so when I was in it, like I think that would be super fun because I went to Greece in 2019 and we went to this stadium I'm mean, going to have to pull the name up in Greece yeah it's
0: like yeah, yeah
1: it's not a first division team it's like a, I think second division team
0: okay that makes it um, way more unique
1: yeah we went we, there was no game on um, I actually posted on my Instagram sorry give me one second left. think find done. I'm going sh- to show you photos like this <laughs> so you can see it.
0: So like you went to, so there was no game. So you just went- yeah.
1: there's no game, but I was like, I have to, f- we're in Athens. I'm like, I have to find a stadium to go to
0: like, uh, smart. I was like,
1: yeah. I want to, I want to I just find one. And we stumbled across like this place, which was like, I'll say oh, yeah, yeah. proper photos after, but like, it's like, has this crazy blue running track around the outside and like the most beautiful, like green grass pitch. Mm-hmm. And on like one side of it, like you can see there, it's just like m- mountain, like flat, like oh. not mountain, but, like it's like trees, shrubbery, and like just like yeah, like a like a, a hillside kind
0: of yeah. Place. It just pops up like that, yeah.
1: And like it was like proper, like old school, like terraces. And Even stuff. the
0: fences are like curving exactly. out. Oh, like, I love you know, that. Like
1: barbed fences, and like the stadium seating was like all cracked plastic seats and stuff. Oh, no, but that's like,
0: like a it looked such like... a vibe. It looks like an amphitheater, like an ancient Greek yeah. amphitheater. That's
1: L- literally like it was like literally a ten-minute walk from the um the the Olympic running track in Athens. Mm. Like so, like it must have had like a similar kind of like uh, design idea to it. But like I was able to just we kind of I, I was with my ex girlfriend at the time and we like snuck in <laughs> and like um uh, we I just like walked around like taking photos and like. Just kind of soaking it up. Like they had a, the the, the team was coming to trade in like half an hour. So they're like, you can go for like 20 minutes. Don't go on the field, but you can like walk around whenever you want. Oh, that's cool. And like, it was super fun. Yeah. Like just like, like wandering around.
0: Oh man. That's, you see that, I, I like that answer because that's like, a, that's a unique answer where it's like not a typical team. It's not like Olympiacos or whatever. It's like, a, like an obscure second division team that just had yeah. a unique stadium.
1: I am going gonna, I'm gonna to find the name of the team. It, the the stadium was called the Gregoris Lambrakis Stadium. I probably butchered that name. Yeah. But <laughs> um yeah, I'm gonna find out what team played there. I'm gonna send it to you so you can check
0: them out. Yeah, please. But yeah, uh Bo, this was an amazing conversation. Uh yep. I'm actually happy this is the first time we act like we we talked before in Toronto, yep. but now it's just a but there was a lot of
1: other stuff going on at that time
0: there was a lot of other stuff uh let's be honest a lot of alcohol because Canada yep. just qualified
1: exactly. <laughs> me and tag were, were both soaked to the core in champagne covered clothes so
0: yeah i remember uh, i saw you guys and Tugo was especially him because he was wearing like a gray the gray derby sweater in the and it was,
1: so and he was, was just
0: and it was just wet and i'm like what <laughs> and then i realized that oh, was champagne vodka, yep. right makes exactly. sense makes <laughs> sense <laughs> yeah. but yeah man um uh, well, thanks for coming through. I really appreciate it. Uh, this was an amazing conversation. And do you have any last words before we log off?
1: I don't. I would say thank you so much for having me. People, go buy your Derby magazine issue too.
0: Like buy it. Go buy it. And uh, Bo's pictures with with Danielle. Was it you who took that one? Yeah, the one yeah. with
1: Danielle and the ones with Pamaduka. Those yeah. ones are both
0: me. I just the one with Pamaduka is incredible. I those, love those photos. Those photos were so, so, so good. I'm not even just saying that. Like the, I think those are the most if I'm being honest, those are the most impressive photos I've seen in that magazine.
1: Yeah, honestly, that day we were like right in the park at like the very like south end of Victoria. And it was pissing rain. And then as yeah. soon as I met Ka the rain went away, we <laughs> I was taking photos and it's like literally meant to be It's perfect.
0: Oh, so go get Darby magazine issue two legacy. I wrote a story with ringleaders. And uh and yeah, it was go get it. And again. Bo Beau Chevalier, beautiful night. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, this is incredible. So to everyone listening, don't forget to subscribe to uh, Soccer Pilgrim on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Google Podcasts, and also follow me on Instagram at uh, The Soccer Pilgrim and follow Darby Magazine and also The Darby Cast. Well, we're taking a break now, but yes. Th- that being said, I'm your host, Jason Jisoo Kim from Montreal, The Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you.